What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness, in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Have you ever been involved in a long-distance relationship? A survey about LDRs conducted by Sexual Alpha was released earlier this year. About one-third of the tens of thousands of people surveyed ended up closing the distance at some point. Another third said they wouldn't choose a long-distance relationship again, but most were open to it. Today you'll hear news stories from two past guests who attempted to keep things spicy from a distance with mixed results. You'll also hear some related advice, plus expert tips for talking dirty from any distance. Indie romance author E.F. Dodd was in graduate school when she met a guy with whom she would share some hot, spicy fun from afar. Let's call him Fred. It all happened some 20 years ago back before smartphones and FaceTime. There was no FaceTime. There was no Zoom. None of that. Cell phone I had at that point was like, we called it a transformer because it was more than meets the eye because it was like the kind that folds out, you know? Oh my God, I remember my dad just got absolutely irate with me because the phone bill for long distance for like one month was just in the hundreds of dollars. And he was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, and you didn't use cell phones because that was still when, you know, your minutes on your cell phones cost even more. You know, they were to call your parents when you got back to college and literally say, I'm here. Click. (laughs) Yes. As short as possible. Mm -hmm. Are you alive? Great. Bye. Goodbye. See you at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes. EF and Fred met when they were both out socializing in the small town. And our first date was a haunted house because it was October. That seems kind of perfect to me. You might recall that EF's first girl boner appearance involved a date she went on that was creepy in a different way. Do you remember Autopsy Guy? Anyway, EF and Fred experienced distance twice. First during the summer when EF got a job in a different city. Then after they both graduated, Fred moved back to his hometown, also a ways away. That was right before the iPhone came out. So you had these like, I guess it must have been a Blackberry. That was my first, you know, real fancy cell phone. Obviously, you could do texts a lot easier on that. And you could do picture messages, uh, grainy, terrible images. (laughs) So what was your intimacy, your sexual connection, maybe your sex life with this person before you went long distance? It was good. I mean, that was a part of our relationship that we never had issues with. But at the time he and I got together, I had only ever been with one other person. I think at that point in my life, I had a different viewpoint on sex in a relationship that you didn't have one without the other, I guess. So... We waited, and I mean, my friends would tell you I made him wait (laughs) 
for, let's see, we had dated at least a year, maybe a little bit more before we slept together. So there were a lot of steamy makeouts that ended uh, with cold showers. Once the relationship became more serious, is that when you decided it's time to have sex? Yeah, that was my view. And I think part of it too was that I knew he had had, I hesitate to call them relationships, but we'll say interactions uh, with other girls that were in school with us. Basically sex with no strings attached. So I think that in the beginning, I wanted to make sure he knew I was looking for if we were going to have something together. Yes, I was very physically attracted to him, but I wanted a relationship with somebody. When they did start having sex, EF said, she was pleased to find out that they were very compatible in that way. And when they moved apart but stayed together, they found some ways to keep those fires going, although they didn't really talk much about that. I feel like now... Those kinds of things are talked about a lot more, like you would have a plan with your significant other. I mean, we had no plan. We used texting more than phone sex, I think, because it's easier to write about it than to say it, you know, (laughs) because I'll be honest with you. I feel like if I had tried to say the words that I typed, I would have just laughed. And you don't want to laugh. You don't want to. It's because it's not funny, but it's just more of like. The nervous laugh you sometimes get at a funeral or something like that. Like, it's like so inappropriate, but it still happens. And so they stuck to sexting. And he was, I don't want to say better at it, but he was more verbose than I was. At that point, I had had two sexual partners. And so I was less experienced than he was. I would say he was more comfortable, you know, saying things about it than I would be. I enjoyed how descriptive he was in what he would like to do or what he would picture us doing or what he wanted me to do. You know, that helped me to respond. He was also more likely to send like a racy photo than I was just because in the back of my mind, there's always, well, what if he loses his phone? I do think for me, it helped that he was comfortable initiating Because I don't know at that point that I would have. And I also don't know at 22 that I would have been confident enough to bring it up. Um, But he was good about initiating in a way that wasn't too over the top. There was never just, plam, picture. (laughs) You know, as, as we started that portion of our relationship, it was mainly the written word, which... I enjoyed. Maybe even then I wanted to write romance books. I don't know. But it was, I guess, a different kind of love letter, if that makes sense. A little perverted love letter, maybe. (laughs) A naughty love letter. The kind that stoked the flames, whether they brought the fantasies into fruition in the moment or not. Were you like sexting each other and acting them out? Or was it more just like, sexting each other to keep this heat alive. It was more of the latter. Well, I I can't speak to his part. He may have. Um, But for me, it was more the latter. Like you keep that, like you say, keep that heat alive between you. But that heat wasn't enough, at least not to sustain a longer lasting relationship. 
for us, the real problem was during that period of time, I think we saw each other twice, maybe three times. And again, because we were both young starting our careers and a plane flight's not cheap. And so I think for us, the real death nail for the relationship was if neither one of us were willing to make a change and move, then there was really no point in continuing the relationship. And again, I think it's easier now for long distance, but I think even now it's still helpful to have a plan where the distance part is going to come to an end because there's something to be said to having someone there and actually there with you, having that physical presence of that person next to you, whether it's just having them come home to you at the end of their day so that you can sit down and have dinner together or just being able to reach over and touch them while you're watching TV together. It's so much more than just the sexual aspect of it to me. It's just the emotional intimacy you get from spending time with another person. I'm by no means an expert in it nowadays, but from my perspective, long distance is fine for a while, but eventually you need to bring it to the point where you're together because otherwise there's always going to be a part in your relationship I feel like that's missing. EF's latest book, Almost Perfect, involves some long-distance sex and romance. It features a relationship between Dave, a bartender, and Vivian, a pediatrician. Essentially, in her mind, it's going to be a weekend fling. She's going to step outside her comfort zone and try a, a, a guy that's outside of what she usually looks for. And Dave convinces her that they can try and make things work. And so they try to make things work long distance. And the fun part of the book for me was just the, the research that I did on what tools are available to help uh, with long distance romances now. Earlier, there is a scene where she looks at all these articles and there's advice on everything from lighting to angles to what to wear. EF's experience trying to navigate long distance sex and romance way back when definitely informed her decision to write this book. You can't help but think, well, I wonder what would have happened, you know, if it would have been easier, if it would have been less stressful, if it would have been X, Y, or Z, if we had had the availability of, you know, Zoom or FaceTime. One scene in the book that involves FaceTime is especially spicy. Yeah, well, my favorite aspect of it, I think, is when she brings up the idea to him. And so they have to schedule their FaceTime date. So they say, okay, well, it's going to happen at such and such time. And then it gets closer and closer to that time. And finally, he just texts and says, I, "Would you, let's just do this. <laughs> I'm ready now. And so that gives her an extra boost of confidence, too, that he is so vocal about, let's do this. Um, so that was probably my favorite part of it, was just that it embraces the need for communication and just being open and honest with your partner. And it acknowledges that everybody gets nervous about it because you should. Sexual intimacy is vulnerable, after all, and butterflies are totally normal when you're trying something new. Sometimes those butterflies show you care.
I tried something new some years ago when my partner at the time was traveling for a few months. I had a sex toy shipped to his hotel room as a surprise, and he, and we, made great use of it from afar. If you and a partner would like to share some sexy fun from different rooms, cities, states, or countries, here are a few cool products that can help. They're all available at The Pleasure Chest. First, Levent's remote toys, including vibrators and cock rings. They sync up with an app, so you or your partner can choose various sensations for each other from anywhere. You can also create customized pleasure playlists for each other to enjoy solo whenever you want. Second, erotica novels. The Pleasure Chest has a bunch of fun ones to choose from, from The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty by Anne Rice to Curvy Girls, Erotica for Women. Gift each other a sexy book to read to each other or read separately and then trade notes. And third, sexy lingerie or kink accessories like the Bijou Maze Halter Bra or Tuxedo Harness for sexy photos or video chats. Find all of these products at thepleasurechest.com or find direct links in the blog post for this episode. Janae Ledger joined me recently for the episode on hoe phases. One adventure you didn't hear about then was her long-distance romance with the ex she called Idaho Guy. They met there in Idaho, and while they were dating, she moved back to the East Coast, and he moved overseas. I lived in New England, and he was actually deployed in Qatar. Wow. And before he left, did you have a decision about how you navigate sex? We kind of played with a lot of like sexting, pictures, Skype sex. That was pretty much the extent of it. I mean, that's really all that we could do, but that was that was really, really enjoyable and fun. Though not all of it was easy, of course. Something that I had to get used to was, you know, a lot of self-pleasure, obviously. I think it was really hard when you were, you know, doing the Skype sex it was really hard because it's like you just wanted that connection. You wanted just to be able to touch each other. But it was just that lack of physical contact that was really like, wow, I really just miss that. On the plus side, their sexy whisperings went well. The dirty talk was really good. I think we got really comfortable and good because sometimes, you know, you can be a little shy to like say it, you know, through a phone or whatever. But I think that's something that we got really comfortable with. And then it kind of became easier. I was still living with my parents at the time. So I was always like, oh, my God, I need to be kind of quiet because I don't want my parents to hear this. But yeah, I think I think the dirty talk was pretty spot on. If you want to make the most of sex from a distance, Janae suggests intentionally setting aside time. Whether it be weekly, whether it be every other day, but set time aside for you to have a video call. Because I think when you are apart, you know, it can get so busy, you can get so caught up in things. That time together is so important, obviously, because you're not physically together. And then I think, too, just being overly communicative with kind of everything like, hey, I'm going to be really busy Monday through Thursday this week. So, I might not get to be calling you or texting you as much, but I really look forward to our little date FaceTime on Friday evening. So I think just being overly communicative about 
what's going on in your life, what you need, and vice versa to the other person. For Janae, the cliche held true. The distance and how they managed it really did make their hearts grow fonder. And when you do get to see each other, it's that much more special because you don't see each other every day. And it you think about, oh my gosh, well, I want to do this and I want to do this with this person. And really just kind of making that time together just so, so important because like I said, you don't get it every single day. So yeah, I think it kind of sparks the fuel a little bit. I love that both EF and Janae brought up the importance of communication and the potential hot perks of a very sexy type of those convos. Whether you call it dirty talk or something else, erotic words, whether texted, whispered, or spoken between moans, can be very, very hot. They can also feel a little bit intimidating if it's something new for you. So I pulled up a fun throwback clip from sex therapist Dr. Megan Fleming when she weighed in for a listener who wrote in with this. What are your top tips for talking dirty? And do you think it can help spice things up? I feel funny starting all of a sudden, seeing as I have been with my partner for some time and we are usually almost silent, aside from moans and breathing. Ha ha. Love this question. Although I might reframe dirty talk to sexy or erotic talk because there's nothing dirty about it, unless, of course, that's part of your turn on. So let me just start by saying we never start as experts. So I don't want you to have unrealistic expectations. I want you to have fun and I want you to play. And I'm willing to bet your partner doesn't expect you to be. And in fact, if you were amazing, they probably would think, how did you get to be so good? And maybe even think you've been holding out on them. The most important thing here is that you are interested in spicing things up and trying something new. And I imagine your partner is going to be equally excited. So let me just sort of say that there is a continuum of erotic talk. And you yourself may not yet be ready for sort of explicit, what we typically consider raunchy or dirty talk, and that not everyone gets into it and it doesn't suit everyone's tastes. The other thing, however, that's equally true is that most of us don't necessarily even know our true turn-ons until we hear or experience them. And your talking erotically and sexy to your partner may help them actually tap into an erotic potential that they didn't even know was there. So I just sort of suggest start talking in a way that feels sexy to you. It feels romantic or sort of describes what you're doing and what you already know is a reliable turn-on. It doesn't really matter where you start. The most important thing is that you do. So here are my four tips. One, you can explore starting reading erotic stories aloud by yourself or with your partner. Get used to saying those lines that make you really hot and bothered. Seriously, turn up the volume and say those lines loud and proud. Own the words coming out of your mouth. Tip number two, practice makes perfect. So start by practicing alone, in the mirror, on the way to work, while masturbating, anywhere you want because it's in your own mind and in your own head. But ultimately, I do want you to practice out loud. So again, the mirror, in your card, masturbating are three great places. Three, erotic storytelling. This is where you get to start a story 
and you get to set up the characters and the scene. And then you ask your partner to continue and you take turns, really feeding off of each other's energy. And number four, another example or tip to try is make it a game. Say to your partner, tell me what you like better, when I stroke your balls like this or take all of you in my mouth like this. So as I said, it may feel like a leap. The most important thing is that you get started and that no one size fits all. So explore and practice what feels good to you both. And just know that you absolutely are adding another layer of creative expression to your sex life. As always, have fun and enjoy. I love those ideas. And here's one more I recommend, especially if you prefer writing over speaking sexy words like EF, or if you just want to try something different. Start an erotic somethings journal, a little spicy twist on sweet nothings. If you live together or often spend the night together, keep the book in your bedroom and write sexy thoughts, whether that's a sexy compliment, a hot experience you shared, just a particular moment you loved during sex, or a fantasy you've been thinking about. Write it in the book anytime, then read it when you're sharing some naked time or whenever you want that added spark. From a distance, you could keep this as a private document online. And with all of this, get creative. That is such a huge part of sexual spice, don't you think? To learn more about EF, visit ef.rights.com. Order Almost Perfect from Amazon or your favorite bookseller. For more from Janae, check out her podcast, My Naked Mindset, and find her self-love gratitude journal on Amazon. And for more from Dr. Megan Fleming, visit greatlifegreatsex.com. To join me and three fellow podcast hosts and sexuality experts, Nicoletta Heidegger, Dr. Nazanin Maali, and Dr. Tara Suanyachi Chaiporn, live in Los Angeles on February 10th, grab your tickets to Afternoon Daylight. We also have a virtual on-demand video option. We're all super excited to share tips, exercises, and stories all aimed at elevating pleasure in your life, whether you're single or partnered. Head to adlive.eventbrite.com to learn more and register. I would love to see you there. As always, thank you so much for listening.